Hey, listener, Zach Harper here. Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. Also, fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. Here's how it works. The Pick'em Game. Pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total in this week's game for a chance to win big. How big, you ask? I'm so glad you asked that question, listener. You can win up to 100 times your money in a single night. Pick between two and five players. Build a pick'em entry. You can also do rivals picks. You can put like Tyrese Halliburton and Jalen Brunson against each other. And whoever has more points, more assists, more rebounds, whatever you want to do, that is your rivals pick. I would maybe go with Jalen Brunson in these playoffs. By the way, in the regular season, Jalen Brunson scoring tear, going higher on his point totals all the time. Joel Embiid, whenever he did actually play, higher on his scoring totals all the time. Victor Wembanyama for the next 15, 20 years. Here's a pro tip for you. Take higher on the blocks. That's right. So you're probably wondering, how do you sign up? Oh my God, listener, you are full of good questions today. Sign up with the promo code DING, that's D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick First time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. $250, man, that's a lot. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store. And don't forget to register with our code DING, D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick and first time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. Must be 18 or older, 21 or older in Massachusetts, Arizona, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, and present in a state where Underdog Fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org. Arizona, 1-800-NEXT-STEP. That's 1-800-639-8783. Or text next step. To five three three four two New York, call the twenty four seven Hope Line at one eight seven seven eight Hope and Y or text Hope and Y four six seven three six nine. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week. You can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the latest edition of the Woke Bros. I'm your co-host, your gracious co-host, Big Waz, of course, in Los Angeles, sunny Los Angeles, finally, man. We had seven days in Seattle, and people were freaking miserable out here. Of course, in New York, we have Michael Brooks from the land of Brooklyn, Michael Shabazz, Muhammad Abdul, Jabbar Brooks. What's good, brother? What's good, man? Good to be back in the woke bro-sphere. What's up, fellas? Good, good. Uh, Of course, we're only days away, man. It's Wednesday. The live show will be Saturday, January 12th. Sold out at the Bootleg Theater in Los Angeles, California. You know, of course, the entire Count the Dings crew, as well as we got a nice lineup of guests I'm really excited about. Can't wait to see everybody on Saturday. And, of course, we can't forget the TMBS live show in New York City at the Bell House, February 1st. Michael Brooks and friends, man, tell them about what you got on Slate. I know there's only a limited amount of tickets left. So yeah, people man, need to go out and grab those ASAP. Get them fast. Uh, we, uh, we've got comedian Mike Racine. We've got Alona Minkowski. We're doing impression contests. We're doing we're basically doing like 
a more interactive version of the show that we normally do on stage. But we're going to have clips. We've got some pre-recorded sketches that we're doing. It's going to be a lot of fun, man. Just trust it. Come out. Come see us at on February 1st at the Bell House, man. Uh, see last but Last but not least, and I'm sorry, guys. We got a lot of fucking shows. I don't know what to tell y'all. We have the Count the Dings Boston show, our very first time ever in Boston on March 2nd at the Middle East in Cambridge. Uh, you know, we got a lot of we got a lot of guests lined up for that. That's around the Sloan Analytics Conference. You know, Dorka Palooza, as the homie Bill Simmons used to call it. Uh, that's gonna be really exciting, man. I can't wait to get out to Boston. People think I have an adversarial relationship with the Boston fans, and that's because I do. But I look forward to, yeah. you know, touching down, man, and touching base with our Northeastern uh, New England brethren. Today, of course, is a mailbag day. Uh, we love the mailbags because it's a way for us to interact with the people who actually, like, you know, show love and support the show. And, of course, we love it because we don't have to do work. You guys provide the content. So Rob's going to tee up some questions for us, man, some audience questions. Rob, get to it, please. Yes, yes. Uh, thank you for the intro there, Waz. I appreciate it. Um, just so everybody knows, we, I took some questions across social media platforms, so make sure you're following us there. Uh, Count the Dings, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, and we also took some from Discord, but the first one we're going to get to is uh, something on Twitter, Discord. A lot of people were kind of interested in it. Obviously, uh, the commander in tweets has been up to some no good recently this week. Um, all about justice at the gout 615 asked what's really going on at the Mexican border. I refuse to believe what the new master panic has to say. Um, I figured we could expand that into a bigger conversation. I mean, uh, Trump's just going nuts. He walked out of a meeting with Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi about the wall, about the funding. He's not reopening the government. Um, government shutdowns are approaching three weeks now. Um, his presidential address on Tuesday night was really kind of everywhere. Um, and then of course, also he managed to squeeze in that he's cutting off FEMA money for California wildfire victims. So, gentlemen, if you can, um, I mean, what is what the hell is going on? I mean, what's going on is, I mean, first of all, there is no crisis. Uh, actually, there is a crisis at the border, and it's a humanitarian crisis. It's actually a crisis that predates uh, Trump, but it's gotten obviously much worse under Trump because of this, you know, let's be obvious and let's be real, this white nationalist, ethno-nationalist, ethnic-cleansing Republican Party and Trump administration. And I think, you know, so everything that they say about the border can be dismissed, right? It's, it's, it's lies. It's filled with dishonesty. Uh, and even, you know, Fox News, um, you know, was was fact checking uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, not to give Fox News any props. I mean, Fox News, 99 percent of the day is out here, you know, lying. And they honestly should probably face a fucking class action lawsuit for all of the, you know, the all they've done to a bunch of, you know, horrified old white people telling them all sorts of weird racist lies about the border. So all of that isn't true, even down to the fact that there isn't even net increased immigration into the United States. And there hasn't been for a couple of years. And, you know, things like drug smuggling come through uh, legal routes through smuggling means, right? Not through people um, 
crossing the border outside of the border. And of course, all of, a lot of the people that are being detained who are refugees are actually trying to do this. In they're the, trying to know, be detained. Right. They're trying so they're to take this. in legally. Yeah, they're asylum. doing this legally. They're going to <laughs> the ports. They're supposed. They're going exactly what they're supposed to do, and they're being detained. So, if you got to always start with getting rid of the big lies that Trump and Fox and the Republican Party and the white nationalists, who are all the same thing, uh, you know what they're all saying. The other parts of this are, you know, the fact that he, you know, needs a win. He needs uh, something to uh, keep his base ginned up, keep the media narrative flowing. Uh, this government shutdown was not going to happen until literally people like Rush Limbaugh and Ann Coulter basically kind of were like, hey, another you know budget's passing without uh, this wall. You know, Trump looks like a pussy. And then a bill that was passed literally unanimously in the Senate to keep government funded all of a sudden was, you know, blocked by Trump. And now we have this crisis. And then, you know, look, the Democrats, Chuck and Nancy are, you know, I mean, we know all the problems. They don't have any vision. The Democrats don't really have a, a strong message on, on uh, immigration. Cause even as an example, like when they talk about the inefficiencies of the wall, don't talk about that shit. Talk about what this really is. This is about, the law. It's about humanity. It's about race, uh, and it's about you know what we want to be, as well as all of the victims of these policies. And obviously, people like Bernie Sanders and AOC, you know, hit those points coming from the left. I think, and obviously, I echo all the sentiments of Mike that he just laid out for you guys. And I think the most important thing to understand, especially as it pertains to the Rush Limbaugh and. Um, Jesus, what's this woman's name? Um, Ann Coulter. Ann Coulter, sorry. Um, the Rush Limbaugh's and Ann Coulter's of the world is that like Trump knows that immigration is his biggest winner amongst his base. It's what they love him for the most. The idea that he wants to kick brown people out, he wants to stop letting brown people in, it's the shit that got the biggest applause lines. It's the, it's the biggest applause and the biggest pops at his rallies. Like He knows this intuitively and just like straight up from being out in the world. Like, and so he just doesn't want to take a loss here. That's just what it is. He doesn't want to take a loss on his signature issue, right? <laughs> like if, if, if Bernie's running, if Bernie's sing, sing, singular issue was uh, getting health care for everybody and, you know, uh, making shit more equitable for people who aren't in the 1%, uh, Donald Trump's is so clearly build the fucking wall. That's what it is. And every, and his whole message kind of fall, folds out from underneath that, right? It's like uh, the trade stuff is just like we're sending jobs to people who aren't white Americans. Everything else, like every single other policy folds out of, yo, brown people are fucking this country up. We got to kick them out. We got to stop letting them in. And so if he knows that's his biggest winner, and at this point, like we know his um disapproval rating, we know like who's actually supporting him. And if all he's got is this base group and this is his biggest winner with them. He's going to fight for this. Yeah, exactly. And I think that, you know, as I, as I always say, the Republican Party, it's that fusion of oligarchy. And then for, you know, normal people, the only thing that they can do to appeal is white identity politics, Christian fundamentalist identity politics. I think, you know, I'm sure there's some people who 
are facing really, really bad economic conditions as we, you know, to continue to chug along here in this fake post recovery where, you know, over 95% of the gains have gone to less than 1% of the population and job prospects, people actually either work not at all or work way too much. You know, we know these big picture problems and I'm sure there's some people who have confused the problems that are caused just really by the phase of capitalism we're in, if we're being real and rigorous about it, with uh, immigration. So, you know, maybe those are the types of people who can, uh, you know, if you laid out the case and explain to them why that really wasn't so, and the problem is really about what uh, business is doing to them, what, you know, Wall Street, Silicon Valley, all of the culprits are doing to them, uh, you know, that would be valuable. But, the truth is, is that Trump and the Republicans, you know, speak to this identity base. And and I think, you know, it, what's funny about Trump and uh, Alex Perrine, who's really good writer, uh, wrote this piece. I think I mentioned before called The Long Right Wing Grift. And one of the things but one of the things he kind of explained is like the the transition from. Republican leaders who kind of cynically would be, you know, basically like, look, we're in Washington to give rich people tax cuts, to let oil companies spill shit. And then we go out and we say, oh, yeah, yeah, we got to get rid of abortion, you know, to like rile up the rubes. And now, you know, even though Trump is, you know, rich and corrupt and all of that, he also is. He is like a soap-brained, dumb old fuck who watches Fox News. You know, yeah. he doesn't know anything. He does so. All he's got is he's got a, a few instincts, and which are good. And he knows how to burn people now and again. He's good at that. And he's a messy bitch who loves drama. But he also like, and he's definitely a bigot. But he also, you know, he just doesn't know shit. So anybody can also tell him anything. And so he, you know, so the. The Frankenstein monster, and I think that is the transition that started with Sarah Palin, actually, when it was like, oh, no, like now the people who are being hustled are the people who are actually like taking it over and running it. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's amazing how that's come full circle, right? Like it's it's literally the Frankenstein. It's like the, the Republican Party and the conservative movement literally created this Frankenstein to, you know, deregulate the entire world and shove all of America's wealth to, you know, our overseers and overlords. And they created these people and then these people came and took over and ate them whole. So, you know, that's just what we're dealing with. Uh, many uh, federal workers will not be receiving their paychecks. And what that means in their lives is tragic in terms of their credit rating, paying their mortgage, paying their rent, paying their car payment, paying their children's tuition and the rest. The president seems to be insensitive to that. He thinks maybe they could just ask their father for more money, but they can't. Next question, Rob. All right. Uh, kind of similar in the same vein here, but taking an international. I'm sorry. Real quick. Can I interrupt real quick? Go ahead. I'm sorry. I love how Rob, like, 
after Waz and I go off, Rob's just all right, okay. Those guys went on for fucking ever. Let me go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. If the fellows are uh, ready to stop listening to themselves talk, <laughs> I'm just trying to make sure we got a nice, smooth ship here, a nice, uh, nice transition to the next question for the people out there who love the woke bros. Uh, let's get into this next one here. It's the international kind of uh, uh, angle on it. I'm kind of similar to Trump stuff uh, from Maestro Guapo in the Discord, which, by the way, everybody can access uh, if you are a patron. Patron.com/slash Count the Dings. The uh, Maestro Guapo asked, uh, from a perception abroad, he's spoken to some people in a few countries, um, is that Trump's re-election hinges on the economy. Uh, immigration slash wall, Mueller, and all those other things are likely minor factors in 2020. Um, how do you guys feel about that? And is that something the Dems should make more central to their agenda? And also another question that came through on Twitter. Um, is there anybody in 2020, any Dems, anybody who's looking to be a strong candidate to uh, go up and, and challenge uh, the Republican Party. I think what's going, what's the like the path for these for the Democrats to win is clear, but it's because it's the Dems. There's always like a possibility that he's going to fuck up, but you can just let his record speak for himself, right? It's just they had like unchecked power for two years. They did one thing: they cut taxes for rich people. That's it. They did nothing else for anybody else. They had power for two years. They could literally, they could literally get anything through that they wanted to. All they did was pack the, the courts with um with terrible judges and cut the shit out of taxes for rich people. You can run on that. I'm just like, you can run on the guy's record. It doesn't even need to be the wall. It's like all they did when they had power was cut taxes, and you know what they're gonna do next? They're gonna Cut your fucking social security to give that money to those same people. They're going to cut your Medicare to give that money to those same people. Like, it's very simple and clear. But again, it's the fucking Democratic Party. So, like, even the most simple handoff can get fucked up. And as far as candidates are concerned, I have no doubt that, like, you know, four or five people who could carry that message through. Stay, and, you know, by the way, stay on message, right? Like, don't go with deplorables. And and, block, and I'm not somebody who was actually def- the, um, offended by deplorables. Like, I thought it was something that needed to be said. I hate optics um, analysis. I hate that shit. But that's what I mean. What I'm like, the problem with that is that it's just like off topic. As long as they stay on topic about what's actually important and just run on this guy's record. Like, he has actual record now right like his presidency isn't in a isn't a hypothetical the way it was in 2016 like you're gonna have three four four years of the guy's record and it's like this is all they wanted to do and nothing else like this shit about helping middle class workers or working class people or blue collar people like they had an opportunity and did they did dick and that's all they have to run on yeah, I basically agree with all of that. I just, I just add. Um, I think it's also important, like, to start to say, and, and you could say this, I think, really simply to people. You know, like, there's kind of no such thing as like the economy. You know what I mean? Like, right. There's part, like, look, employment is really important. How much cash is in people's pockets matter. Then there's other shit like. Are we investing in creating 
and you know regulating and controlling companies enough to have an economy that will maintain the viability of human life on planet earth that's a big question uh you know what i mean so i think that like even the extent and this is you know this is a hard thing too with democrats right because it's like okay definitely obama inherited a major world economic crisis which actually still like we're still dealing with the after effects of that that what happened in 2008 that meltdown still defines our world you know particularly in europe but also in the united states and obama definitely like the stimulus was really good and he stopped the bleeding but also you know look the banks weren't held accountable. There wasn't structural reform in the economy. And the gains of the quote unquote recovery went to the already, you know, the, the oligarchs, the people who caused the crisis to begin with, right? I mean, that's just realities. So I think, you know, the, the bigger picture too, and what Trump was able to exploit when he scammed his way to the White House is he definitely kind of spoke about that. So I think, you know, ideally you have, um, you know, and lied about it. And of course, because he's a fucking liar, but you got to have somebody who I think is able to say, look, I get that there's a bigger picture problem here and we got to deal with it uh, in a way that really improves, you know, the lives of real people across the board. Um, that actually matters right now. More narrowly, yeah. I mean, if the fucking uh, if the economy totally tanks in the next year, he'll almost certainly definitely lose to anyone. Uh, I think beyond that, in a more competitive scenario, uh, you know, I'll just be real blunt about it. I'll go on both sides. So I'll, I'll give you like the person who would be my last option probably as a Democratic candidate would be Joe Biden. He's got a terrible record on. Everything from the invasion. Everything of that's energizing the fucking party right now. Yes, everything. <laughs> everything. I mean, finance, war, race, gender. The dude is bad. Now, to be, but to be blunt about it, in a head-to-head -head matchup with with uh, Donald Trump, Joe Biden would smoke him. Uh, and Joe Biden is a talented campaigner, and I think he'd win easily. Now, on the flip side, I think yes, I think Bernie Sanders would definitely beat or be very likely to beat Donald Trump and the type of big picture stuff he's talking about and his background and his understanding of the real structural issues are what we need to not only beat Trump, but maybe also to start to really kind of pull ourselves out of the hole. So we get rid of not just Trump, but also Trump like things. And then the last thing I'll say, I mean, to be really blunt about it, that crop of three in the Senate, uh, well, I guess not not Elizabeth Warren or Sherrod Brown, although I got big question marks, frankly, around those two. Man, I think Cory Booker I might hate more than um, Joe Biden. Let me – you know what? I want to hear why in a second, but let me just say real quick though. I just think Gillibrand, Kamala Harris, and Cory Booker, I just don't see it happening. And the reason is is because they don't have like – They've moved the right direction and all sorts of issues, and that's cool. That's great. But the truth is, is like, and and forget like people like us to follow this shit. I'm just talking like people 
who, you know, the nobody's ever act, heard of these people is which is they haven't heard of them and they just don't they don't either have the charm or the substance. You know what I'm saying? And, like, and okay, that's that's what I was gonna say about Corey. I think Gillibrand and I think Gillibrand and Kamala Harris are substantive people. In the sense why that like, do you I think that they why? just come off as people who actually care about shit. Really? Whereas Cory Booker just seems like a guy who's full of shit to me. He just does, yo. He and I hate inauthentic. He just seems so full of shit. Like he just does, man. Like, yeah, but I, I gotta say, like, I feel so. Here's how I think. I feel like yes, Booker is full of shit and he's hokey and he's trying to do a fucking Obama impression. It doesn't work. Gillibrand to me is also totally full of shit. I'm sorry, like her record. If you look even a couple years back when she represented a conservative district in upstate New York, she was one of the most right wing members of Congress. She voted anti-immigration. She voted for Wall Street. She was against abortion rights. She was pro-gun. And it's like, look, I understand that people's positions change and she represents more people. But it's so obviously opportunistic. And there's the report, you know, she's she still takes a ton of money from Wall Street. Hard pass. And Kamala Harris Maybe Kamala Harris, like she doesn't, frankly, her personality to me is not as off-putting as those other two, but it's like, look, bluntly, I don't think Kamala Harris has um, got the campaign chops from what I've seen so far to That's like fair. flip Wisconsin back. And on the right. and also, even where it's substantive, it's like, yes, I think substantively Kamala Harris is a, is a very smart, talented prosecutor. But I'm not, not really excited about prosecutors. <laughs> yeah, no, and I mean, yeah, she's essentially a cop. Why would you be I mean, excited about a yeah. cop? I, I, mean, I understand. It, it, and, I mean, and, and that's I, fine. And you know what? Um, you know, <laughs> you know, hopefully these people don't win. And and we yeah. get uh we get Warren or Bernie, uh preferably Bernie, obviously. And and yo, quite right. frankly, Warren's my second choice. Native American shit, I'd rather go down with her. I'm kind of good on Beto, man. Right now, for right now, you know what I'm saying? Like Beto, we could we could try this again some other time, but for right now, I'm kind of good on you. I like the two people that I consider to be the leaders right now. Yeah, I would say I'm I'm I mean, definitely Bernie is obviously the first choice for me. Uh and then if Sherrod Brown ran, he okay, might Sherrod be the second Brown would choice. probably yeah. Him and him and Warren would be but, my second but yeah, choice. Yeah, I mean Warren I don't I prefer Bernie to Warren, but Warren is good and she's not in that other category. Beto, I mean, look, Beto's a likable guy and he should be a senator yes. from Texas. There's no yes. reason he should be running for president. He's not even in the mix for me. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I'm happy that you shot Savage Gillibrand the way you did because I didn't mean that to I, I what I didn't mean to say is that like, oh, I like Gillibrand. Because come on, give me a break. She's like, you know, Hillary Light, right? Um yeah. who nobody gets excited about. But Cory Booker is just he just that dude just grinds my gears. It's just something about him <laughs> I don't like, man. Go off, King. <laughs> <laughs> on that note next question please Rob. oh my god um i never thought i'd hear that from michael brooks um <laughs> next question from oos buffer on discord um kind of a little crossover here of tmbs he said uh brooks mentioned that he thinks there's a chance to save joe rogan on a recent episode of tmbs uh i'm curious who is a celebrity that was thinks he could flip into a lefty anybody else for brooks 
Um, and also, what do you view as a leftist celebrity's duty when sharing their views with the public, if you even believe they, that they should at all? Oof. Um, who's sort of a, like a centrist celebrity? Because obviously, like, you know, we're not going to get Angelina Jolie's dad or uh, Dennis Miller, right? Um, and we don't want them. We don't that's want cool. them. Either. <laughs> that's, that's all right. Dennis like, Miller, good. His we could be short Clooney, and and, and you know what I'm saying. Yeah, that's like, okay, <laughs> you can you can keep your. Uh, it's like breakfast at Tiffany's was in uh, the 1997 World Cup. Ba ba ba. That's cool. Dennis Miller, you can have. Man, you know why? Um, and this isn't even a celebrity. He's just a person in a powerful position who just like has a vice grip on the, like his determination to like manifest some actual equal sides, both siderism shit. And it's Chuck Todd, right? I actually think uh-huh. Chuck Todd isn't beyond like, all right, Chuck, give it up. Just, just, get, I think we could get him, man. I think we could get him to understand that <laughs> there is no both sides, man. There's people who are doing like okay job and people who just fucking suck. There is no two yeah. sides to this coin. I think one day we can eventually, because he's already like, you know, and if you watch him on his show, he's like, I know I'm, I know I'm gonna get killed on the internet. I'm about to say both sides. Like he's already starting to understand the dangers and the perils of his stupid ways in the past. So I think Chuck Todd is not beyond saving, man. Yeah, he also just recently said, um, he said that he's not gonna have anybody who. You know, says nonsense and bullshit about uh, global warming anymore. That's like he was like, look, if you don't, if you come, like, I'm not going to give a platform to people who deny the scientific consensus on the ecological crisis. Which you know, he got a lot of heat for having some idiot on like that a couple of weeks ago. But that's cool that you know he's made a clean break on that. I mean, you know, there's a lot more that needs to be done. But props to him. I mean, yeah, look, I was I wasn't exactly saying that I could necessarily flip Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan's pretty stubborn on some of his dumb shit, but I do think that someone like you can't just go to like there's some there's some people, you know, Dennis Miller, whatever, like they're fucking useless and you should just go after them. There's other people where I would like to think like you could at least get them, you know, to be better and have their eye on their left flank, which I do think I could do at Rogan. Um, you know, the other dude and he and this is a way less relevant reference. And to be honest, like I don't I just don't listen regularly to his show anymore. But he still does have a huge amount of people listening to him as kind of a cultural icon and sort of all over the place politically, but kind of. I, probably at the end of the day falls into basically that just sort of like rich conservative Democrat bullshit. Uh, I, I would sort of like to get a crack at Howard Stern, man. Mm. And I wonder on, I feel like, you know, he's going to be a total lunatic about Israel. I know that I probably wouldn't try to get him to, you know, try to show humanity to Palestinians, God forbid. But I feel like, there have been times where I've heard him say some stuff where it's like, you maybe could get him to be like, you know what? We should have Medicare for all. We should have free college. And you know what? Like, 
You know what, Robin? Yeah. Uh, Black Lives Matter is, is true. That's actually like, <laughs> like, Robin, did you see the Black Lives Matter organizer? They were hot. Those black chicks are so hot. Chicks. But like, Tits. I feel like that is, I, I've, I, I'm looking where I could make some gains. And from yeah. Stern and definitely Rogan at times, there's like little inroads where I'm like, yeah, if you did it the right way, you could probably get them to, to cop to a little bit of good politics. All right, and last but oh, sorry, this is not last. I'm trying to skip to AOC because I get too hyped. But no, um, as far as what what should leftist? First of all, there are no leftist celebrities, right? Like this, this like I I can't find a celebrity. I don't know about you, Michael, but do you know any celebrities who aren't Noam Chomsky? <laughs> Who's not even a celebrity? He's just like a very public, popular intellectual, like who <laughs> wants to do away with capitalism. <laughs> Actually, well, let me tell you this. Let me here's an example of a, a celebrity that I think is I don't know. You know, I would say she's like legit. Uh, is uh, Rosario Dawson? Mm, okay, um, I'm not familiar with her politics. And, and speaking of obligations, her obligation is not to date Cory Booker. What the fuck is that about? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> I oh. saw this earlier. I don't know if it's true. Supposedly, Rosario Dawson hated Cory Booker, dude. No. I would say your first obligation as a left celebrity is don't fucking date a cornball like Cory Booker. Come on. Oh man, he is. Oh, he is the worst. He's the. He's and I don't know if this is true, but Cory Booker is that black dude in a white frat. Like he, that's who he is to me, dude. Like a Jewish frat. Oh my god. Anyway, this, you know, I, I think as a celebrity, man, like, look, we shouldn't be looking to these people to be thought leaders. Like, I get it; they have a lot of influence, and therefore, you know, by default, have a huge responsibility because of said influence. But I think as a celebrity, if you're gonna talk about something, just read up on it. Just do your homework. That's all I ask of any celebrity. If you're going to speak on something, just do the homework. As long as they're doing that, as long as they're informed about what they're speaking on. And by informed, I mean like you can articulate why you think something should be so. And you can also articulate why other people think it should be the other way. And you can articulate why they're wrong or why you're right or whatever. As long as you can do that, uh, you're doing your job as a celebrity, man. I don't expect you to get up there and be freaking Neil deGrasse Tyson on black holes. You know what I'm saying? I think, yeah, I agree with you hundred percent. And I just think like, I'm not obviously, you know, the questions about like actual celebrities. Right. So obviously like, you know, uh, I don't consider, I mean, obviously people like Waz and I are not right. But I think it's funny. Like it's very weird now because now there's almost like micro celebrity. And I guess my, my bigger point is, is that if you have any kind of platform, you just need to like, you know, you're going to maybe have, especially if you do it for a living or whatever, you'll have areas that you know more about. But so much of the job is just to like honestly find the right people to listen to and amplify and collaborate with. And to me, like that's that really is like a celebrity left. That's really the only obligation. And that is why, you know, it does is to just. 
be like anybody else, which is like seek out the most interesting people, the most dynamic people, you know, maybe attempt to highlight causes that other people aren't highlighting. I think that, uh, you know, and that's, that's why like some of the kind of just, you know, very sort of just basic bullshit you get out of just sort of like, you know, I'm a celebrity. I hate Trump. I'm a Democrat. You know, it's just so boring and it's not doing anything with that platform. And that's kind of depressing. But I feel because on the other hand, I you know, I feel like it's not like, uh, you know, on the flip side, like I don't really know his politics. But Andy Samberg, uh, I guess, had a joke at the Golden Globes, which was actually literally yeah, about, about Cohen's help, bro. It was another huge year for director Ryan Coogler, a fellow Bay Area native. Yeah. You know, if you told me as a kid growing up in the Bay there'd be a movie called Black Panther that starts off in Oakland, this is not what I would have imagined. Ryan, were there like a bunch of old members of the actual Black Panther party saying, I can't even get an audition? <laughs> just kidding, they were all framed and murdered for wanting justice and equality. The world is and always has been a nightmare. It just seems worse now because of our phones. What else happened this year? That's awesome. It was a funny joke. He highlighted important information. And to me, like, like you know, I'm no way, like all credit to him, no way taking away, but that... Like that shouldn't stand out for being as cool as it did. That could be a lot more commonplace. Like, I'm sorry, you know, like, I'm sorry. A lot of, you know, these are creative people who have a lot of access to things. And if they want to delve into politics, they should be, you know, fucking, uh, you know, expanding their horizons and watching and reading and listening in unexpected places for sure. President Trump is a racist? Yeah, yeah, no question. How can you say that? When you look at the words that he uses, which are historic dog whistles of white supremacy, when you look at how he reacted to the Charlottesville incident where neo-Nazis murdered a woman versus how he manufactures crises like immigrants seeking legal refuge on our borders, it's it's night and day. Uh, lastly, but not least, man, there was an uproar about the freaking video of AOC dancing in college. The shit was tame as hell. Like, I, I, I personally don't get it. Like, I don't know what it's like to fit, like, to just see a woman who's smart and, like, asserts herself and just, you know, have my dick shrivel up, you know what I'm saying, behind it? Like, I don't <laughs> understand the imp that impulse or that reaction to people. I don't, like, this stuff, like, legitimately, I'm not even trying to be, like, hokey, and I don't understand why these people get so riled up. But I can say... I finally know what it felt like to be a Republican and to see Sarah Palin for the first time, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, that's what's happening because she's make, she's getting all the right people angry and it's great. Yeah, man. I think like, I, 
I think obviously, like, <laughs> you know. I'm sorry I tripped you up by comparing her to Sarah Palin that way. <laughs> no, I don't care. No, no. I think it's like, look, I mean, obviously they're night and day in terms of, you know, intelligence and yeah. capability. I mean, I know we all know that, but there is like, I, I no, I know exactly what you mean. But I think like, you know, I've said a lot of times that I've gotten kind of burned out. Uh, you know, I think in some circles, the like going to like, you know, at times people substitute saying like, oh, oh you know, like you don't like, you know, you're uh, you just don't want to support a woman for president or something. And they don't make an argument. Right. And they kind of like there's definitely people on, you know, in the kind of like sort of, you know, online woke culture who I think make this move too quickly at times and sometimes in really sloppy, disingenuous and dumb ways. Now, that being all said, and I totally stand by that, I mean, the reaction to her is it's just pure misogyny and also just like terror mixed with some type of weird. And I'm not just, you know, taking a cheap shot at them. Like there's also that fucking weird guy at the Federalist Society who was like, contemplating what it would be like to date her. I mean, (laughs) people are fucking weirdos and not, and even beyond like the obvious sexism and the obvious fear and the obvious, like, you know, just basic discomfort with like a intelligent, articulate, like good looking woman in that position. And the fact that she's, you know, Hispanic, like, all of the shit that sets off all of whatever their weird psychosexual issues that would make them Republicans to begin with. But it's also like the, the, um, just even beyond that, like I remember when I first started seeing the dancing thing go out and granted, like, look, I'm, if you, if they came out tomorrow and they exposed like, you know, they said, this is a nude picture of her. I would be really concerned about, the um whatever hacking and doxing happened obviously and be and who we need to get a restraining order on or press charges against of course but like it would make zero like i don't care right like i it would have zero effect on my support for her it doesn't matter to me at all period full stop whatever it is that being said when i heard like a dance video i thought like okay like maybe maybe she was at a club when the iphone first came out and she was whining on somebody. I don't know. Like, you know, like maybe it's yeah. like something you that thought you thought they was going to catch her at carnival in a bikini going crazy. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> maybe. Cause I'm like, cause I was like, what, what would, you know, a dumb, lame, weird right wing person think. And then that video happens. And I'm like, not only is this nothing, man, I got sad for the people leaking it. Cause I was like, how sad are you in your life? How depressed? How how much no fun, no friends, no experience have you had to be weird enough to think that this would register with other people? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> like I don't like I, I'm, I'm watching the video. I'm like, what? Why is this news? Like, why is this? A thing that people are doing anything but being like, oh, okay. Uh, she was like every other college person that I ever met. But like, like not even, not even. You know what I'm, I'm saying? Like, right? Like a lot I, more tame. <laughs> dude, I went to Bates College. Okay, it's a fucking like 
nice private liberal arts college in Maine. It is not, I mean, whatever, people party, drank, sure, just plenty of drugs, I guess, because, you know, it was like a New England school, a lot of prep kids for sure. But like, it is nobody's fucking concept of like a major party school, okay? And Saturday night at fucking 11 o'clock, you would like, like just just dancing was like that video could have been used in a fucking admissions packet for BU. Like it was nothing. Like, and if you thought it was something, you're a freak. <laughs> and yeah, that's basically that's basically what that is. You know, you know these guys are very repressed sexually and in many other ways, and. This is how it manifests itself. They get upset by a young woman having fun with friends. Uh, that's what, what we don't got anything else today, do we, uh, Rob? Um, nothing in particular, unless you guys have some uh, topic at hand. No, I think that's it. We covered it all. I'm, I appreciate the questions from the audience, man. We're going to try to do this at least every three weeks, you know, because we want to keep our engagement with the people that are supporting us and listening to us, you know, as high as we can. Of course, shouts to Jade Hoy. Shouts to everybody who's coming to the show on Saturday. Can't say it enough. Make sure you get your tickets to the TMBS live show in Brooklyn. Obviously, you guys need to make your... Any, everybody who's in the Northeast needs to make their way to Boston for March 2nd. Uh, we'll be back next week with a fresh episode. I'm Big Waz. That's Michael Brooks. We out. We out.